0: Oh, yeah.
1: Hi, (laughs) Ben.
0: How you doing?
1: Doing pretty good. How you doing?
0: I'm good. This is exciting.
1: This is exciting. Nice to, uh, I don't think we've met in person or been in the same place. No. I feel like maybe we were at a, what were those, barn burners? Okay, yeah, I've been to a couple barn burners. I feel like maybe we were at a barn burner at the same time. Okay, I don't know. Anyway, Maybe. pleasure. Yeah,
0: yeah. Thank you, thank you for uh, contact me. I should say that um, this this whole thing, this podcast, has been made possible by Colin Kelso. Um, oh, nice. He texted me or sent me a message over Instagram, and he said, "You've got to talk to Ben Magaziner." <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Colin. Yeah. So this um, is dedicated to Colin. Respect. Yeah. Cheers, Colin. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> that's an interesting beverage. Is that milk?
1: <laughs> it's not milk, though. It appears it's a I've been referring to it as the quarantine cocktail. I don't okay. know if you're a, if you've perused my Instagram. I sort of perform in character as a jar chicken guy. OK. Just sort of like a like a depressed guy that's like constantly meal prepping. <laughs> um which is basically who i am um but it's just a bubbly water and a scoop of like magnesium calm powder uh wow. yeah so it's just bubbly water and something that will hopefully like relax me and my muscles
0: right so magnesium has a relaxing effect on the muscles
1: they say that yeah or particularly like if you have cramping Okay. Um, magnesium is one of the electrolytes that supposedly assists in being less crampy. Okay. Yeah.
0: I, I might need that because I've had some, I've had some problems with cramping. Yeah. So magnesium, maybe I should get on that.
1: How about at night? Like, do you in when you're sleeping, do your legs like cramp up or you get Charlie horses or anything like that?
0: Once in a while, yeah. yeah. Once in a while, I have to like my calf will cramp up. I have to get Just out of bed and. Up. Yeah um yeah. but not not too not too frequently usually like skating if i skate for a long period of time i'll i'll cramp up in weird places like my stomach
1: yeah. like my
0: abdominals will cramp up it's yeah. really freaky like it it's really painful and uh it's kind of debilitating like yeah i know exactly be- what you mean for the rest of the session i'm worried that it's going to because every movement right is in your in your core in your stomach yeah so i'm just constantly worried like it's going to cramp up it's not a good feeling
1: yeah i one of like uh one of the first times i skated downtown philadelphia with like my group of friends when i was a kid um one of my friends encouraged me to jump up on this like high ledge like do a soul grind on that ledge we were like halfway into this like you know day we were really excited about and i went and jumped up on it and just completely ruined like done for two weeks you know just like oh god
0: the cramping
1: so, yeah brutal it's a, like abdominal strain
0: yeah it's really bad did yeah. you get it where it almost feels like it's popping out of your out of your abdominal like one of your six-pack it just like cut, yes. bursts out it's it's brutal
1: i did some research on this actually and like found a bunch of videos of like bodybuilders who will have just one like that guy larry wheels i don't know if you've ever seen his videos danny posts his stuff a lot But there's a great video of him with, like, one ab, like, just, like, freaking out, and he's just, like, (sighs) like, breathing through this, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's scary.
1: It is a scary thing.
0: So I'm going to drink magnesium. I should try that.
1: Thanks, Magnesium Calm, for supporting our Patreon.
0: Does it taste okay, or does it just taste like water?
1: It tastes like, um, are you familiar with, like, stevia flavor? a little bit it's a little bit of like an artificial sugar flavor okay but I don't eat any sugar and my diet's very boring so I've come to enjoy like things like this it tastes kind of like like citrusy fake sugar you know okay like brushing my teeth is kind of like I get to taste like a fake sugar thing yeah so I I find my small pleasures where I can where I can
0: get them so no sugar no sugar. Okay. Um, yeah. How long has this been? No sugar.
1: Couple years. Wow. I occasionally have some dark chocolate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's because it's a really hard things, thing really to like,
0: avoid. What? Is sugar? I mean, it, sugar it is, is a, t- it's in everything. everything. Yeah. And how strict are we talking? Like, do you not even eat fruit, or are you just talking like processed sugar?
1: Um, I eat very little fruit. Um, yeah. I'll eat like berries basically. Yeah. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty strict.
0: Wow. Yeah. And, uh, why, why, what, what, sure. what caused you to make this decision?
1: Yeah. It's been kind of a, a series of decisions over the past 10 years when I unraveling some health issues that I've had. Yeah. Um, but I basically found that I'm very sensitive to carbohydrates um on a couple of fronts and I also have some like autoimmune responses to different foods um yeah. so I basically eat like non-starchy vegetables and meat and that's right. basically and a little bit of fruit here and there
0: okay and you feel much better that makes a big difference for you
1: it's way it eliminates most of the so like nuts make me have like an autoimmune issue oh wow. and then certain things like uh onions or like alliums which would be like onions or garlic i'll have like a gut issue so it basically like weeds out most of the things that will cause a primary reaction yeah um and it just simplifies my like things that would produce a flare-up so right yeah just avoid it uh, it's nice and easy
0: yeah, smart.
1: Yeah, might as well. Yeah. Yeah,
0: thank you. So, uh rollerblading. You, yeah. Do you know any? Do you what? Do you know anything about?
1: <laughs> you know. Uh, you into? I was thinking about this today because I was I like kind of took. I just like did a little bit of a brain dump before uh, while I, while I was sitting here. Yeah. Thinking about like what I wanted to talk to you about or what I would talk to you about. Yeah. And. uh and I also I had just watched Vala Six yesterday, which I don't know, you probably watched also.
0: I haven't. I haven't, you haven't watched seen it. it yet. No, and, and Joey highly recommended it to me. Um I need yeah. to watch it. I'm I'll do that like if I'm I'm really excited to watch it. Yes. Um so the time has to be right. It's gotta be a I totally a, understand. You know, I have to have a an hour that I can really like sit down and focus on it. Yeah. And that perfect time hasn't presented itself yet, but
1: Soon. understood yeah um i will say only this uh is that it's like it's a skate video which in this which has become like vanishingly rare you yeah. know like and i i love the sort of 20 minute like what has become a skate video but this is like a skate dvd that just happens to be on the internet which yeah, is it's like an hour long season. yeah it's like it's right. like it's more than an hour
0: that's crazy yeah <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> totally
0: like are we as roll players capable of sitting through a
1: video that's longer than an hour it it need be th- and like a testament to Yvonne and everyone that's involved because it i think it need be this good to t- for like our current AD- all of us have ADD, you know right. to some degree or whatever or we've all become like phone obsessed so sitting yeah. down for an hour is an investment. And yeah, I was I was thrilled.
0: Awesome. And Joey yeah. had the same reaction.
1: That's great. Yeah. He,
0: uh, he was really impressed and he said, like, I have to watch it. And um it is weird that it's an hour an hour long or longer than an hour. But yeah, it's yeah, uh
1: definitely not a it's 90s. a good
0: investment of time. Yeah. Okay, I I'm excited. It's,
1: also, it's cool that it's a it's a bit of a time capsule too. Like, I think the video actually succeeds for having been shelved for a little bit of time. Interesting.
0: Because I did listen to the Yvonne Jump Street episode. Yeah. And listening to him talk about making it, it just seemed like a crazy, overwhelming process. Like, they filmed for, like, five years or something. Yeah. Something crazy. And uh, obviously, while filming it, Volo died. So right. <laughs> it is funny that that they made a We Are Valo six. I mean, yeah. is, it's kind. It's got to kind of be a joke, right? Because it's a little bit. Is <laughs> it? Um, it's it's in- interesting. Yeah, I'm happy that he made it. Made it. I'm excited to
1: sit down and, and watch it. Another thing you should consider watching if you haven't is that uh, Bitter Root, which is like Jeremy okay. Rath, just made this like 15 minute video. Which is like Yvonne is in also, but it's like Montana Parks and some Northern California Parks. Okay. um, With like Brian Bina and Rob G's in it. Wow. It's really good.
0: Sorry, what's that called again?
1: It's called Bitter Root, and it's on Jeremy Raff's Instagram and on his YouTube.
0: Okay. Awesome. Cool. I'm
1: excited yeah good stuff. it's always
0: exciting like when people make good videos yeah i love I, like i love skate videos and uh i love when they're good when they're That's well cool. done <laughs> there's like something really awesome when when that when a skate video hits you and yeah. i refer to it as the good skate video feeling yeah like that feeling is legit like it's awesome it's you know you can't even you can't get it in a movie or anything else other than a, a good skate video
1: yeah so. Well, also, like, maybe you can relate to this, but having grown up during the, boot, like, skating boom, I remember when, like, waiting for Drip Drop to come out, which was, like, like, I was trying to get that, like, mind game fix, you know, where I was, like, like, I, I want to see a video that, like, fucks me up, Right, you know? right. And I realized that, like, God, I felt so fuck. We were so entitled to, like, create <laughs> skate content, yeah, you know? Because it was just, like, dumped on us for years. And now I realize, and, like, mentioning some of these videos, I see that it's incumbent upon both us to trumpet it and also that, like, um, the culture is made when these things are made. So, like, right. it's, it's on us to go, like, this is our content. Like, right, you know, take it, a look at it. Especially yeah, the big,
0: videos really do propel... The culture and the way everyone skates and the good videos can make everyone more passionate about skating, more motivated to, to skate hard and, and create their own thing. It's funny that you said that, um, that we were spoiled. Um, in a sense, you're right. We were spoiled by high quality content. We weren't spoiled by the quantity of content that we have now. Now we're spoiled by the quantity and not... Yes so much the quality which uh i don't know what uh, yeah i think <laughs> i think it was better for us to be spoiled by the quality than the yeah. quantity and we would just watch that brain fear gone or words just over and over and over and over yeah. um
1: <laughs>
0: still i still it watch was that. yeah it was kind of kind of crazy i mean to look back on like just watching the same VHS over and over, like like a crazy person. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it 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 shapes it. Sh- I think it it shapes people in a really good way because I've always thought about like all the time you spend watching those skate videos. That was time that you weren't watching like some network sitcom with advertising and all of that. Like it. I don't know. It sh- it shielded. It shields you from from all the bullshit that can really influence you in the wrong ways i think totally
1: <laughs> it's actually i think that would be even more welcome now in the constant barrage of like you know we're hit on six different sides now from <sighs> yeah yeah too much I sort of live with like audio content going on around like headphones on listening to YouTube video or lecture or audiobook or like, you know. Yeah, me any, too. And one of those could be a, a funnel for ads.
0: Right. Yeah. That's got to be some kind of like, yeah, that's, that's an addiction I think a lot of people have is the audio addiction. Definitely. Like, and podcasts have filled that really well. Like, oh, great. Like a two-hour, three-hour conversation. Perfect. Yeah. Like, it'll fulfill me for the next two hours
1: (laughs) i will be alone for a little bit this will be good yeah 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 we don't like silence it's sort of a new thing for me like a new-ish thing for me i was in a very long-term relationship that ended like a year ago so i've been like enjoying being alone more but definitely there's a part of me that like sees how my parents became like like I remember going back to my parents' house after I moved out, and just the TV would be blaring. I'm like, Who, "No one's fucking watching the TV. Like, what's going on here?" And I've sort of become like phone guy with like, right. what kind of? It's sort of the like I think podcasting as a medium is a is an incredible medium that I'm interested in, and it also creates a really banal like, shallow. You know, like I hear it a lot in comedians' podcasts, especially in this quarantine era, which has become kind of like, oh, I miss I miss going out to the club and, like, doing comedy. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> like, say something that means something. Right. You know, you're fortunate enough to be charming enough for us to, like, listen to you, but you have nothing to say and you're just cyclically talking to each other. Just whining. Yeah. I feel a bit like I've seen... Or listen to every podcast. Like I think I've seen them all. You know, all um, of them, every to the last one.
0: <laughs> it's almost like podcasts are becoming kind of like porn in the sense that, like, do we do people even need to make more podcasts? There has to be like a plenty. gazillion hours of podcast material.
1: Yeah,
0: you would, you couldn't listen to it all in your entire lifetime yet right. there's more being made it's it's like but i but there's people that are interested in talking to other people and sharing new ideas so it will never end
1: it's true i think it's also in a, like one distinction that i make in media that i'm listening to is if it's overwhelmingly topical i try to avoid it like if it's mm. you know a, like up to the minute we're talking about what happened today i'm kind of like no. If it's something that has, like, some meat to it, like something that sticks to the ribs, something that has, like, some pedagogy, or it's something that's sort of, like, classic, then perhaps there's something to it, um, and might be worth the time spent listening to it.
0: Right. You just said a very interesting word, and <laughs> and it jumped out at me because it was in the text that Colin Kelso sent to me, and it, he ah. said something... So you said pe- pe- pel sorry what did you say Pedagogog- pedagogy pedagogy
1: yeah so pedagogy is kind of like the um a sort of like well-trodden approach to something so like um like if you were I play music like I play classical guitar and viola both examples of like like classical music is a field that has like a deep pedagogy, mean, meaning like right. we do this thing in this way for this reason. Like for instance, in an orchestra, everyone plays right-handed because they demand that all the, all the bow, everyone that plays a string instrument plays right-handed because they demand that all the bow strokes go in the same way. There's like an ordered approach to why something occurs.
0: Um, Interesting. So like figure skating for instance, has exactly. a deep pedagogy
1: a great parallel flight for our kind of because many of their movements are very similar to similar to ours but we're a far more we have a way more primitive approach uh, meaning that like you know we decided what the postures were and we kind of just went from there whereas figure skating has you know coaches and um uh, a deep competitive component that kind of like orders the uh the sport from top down you know we have a competitive component but it doesn't it doesn't speak much to like where the skating where real skating is you know Um, right yeah
0: do you think that's a that's a good thing for for skating like the way we experience it do you think it could use a deeper pedagogy
1: i think it's a great question to be asking about skating right now um and I think you guys should be credited for some of the, like I took a lot of inspiration from you guys in your like uh, optimism about what a, an excellent time it is for skating over the last couple of years. Um, Because I didn't, it took me, it took me a little bit of time, I think to get on board with like a, like postmodern skating, I guess, you know, Actually, I should sort. Of, I should maybe back up a little bit and explain. Like my first, I've been an admirer of Canadian skating for a long time. Um, but <laughs> me my too. First, yeah. <laughs> um, my first like skating in Canada experience, I came up to Vancouver and just stopped by a shop task and uh, saw Leon and and Danny, and they were both like very welcoming and came skating with me and my friends the next morning, and then I came out with them to like. Um, I don't know if you, like Chris Nima used to host like yep. Sunday night at the uh who was one of my camp counselors at Woodward like many years ago. Nice. Um anyway, they were hosting Shout out these, to
0: Chris Nima, legend.
1: Big shout out to Chris Nima, a total legend. <laughs> um they were hosting these like Sunday night skates and Chris was like spinning records and people were like you know, um skating cones and like they like people were on Wizards and they had uh like slider bar p-rail you know out and like i had a little bit of like as a as a like a like a philly rollerblader uh like (laughs) like a fucking try hard i had a little bit of like my grinch like heart crack moment (laughs) where i just saw all of this like this big accepting force this like uniting force where like you know like skating in the early two thousands in Philadelphia was was hilarious because you you wouldn't even like you only skated with your friends you wow. know like you'd see other people that you knew that were rollerblading that did the same thing and you were just like nah we don't fuck <laughs> just a a lot of uh a, a lot of like um divisive energy uh, <laughs> which has its merits too but yeah anyway to wrap this back around to this question of uh, pedagogy currently is that like i think the last couple of years and instagram as a technology has been a very like um uh like access has increased um skating has become more accessible as a like like hmm, more things are considered aggressive skating now, or more th- our kind of skating, right? Definitely, yeah. Like from Robbie Pitts to wizard skating to like slalom kind of movements. Like, there's a lot of things that a lot, that make skating a little bit more accessible. To like diverse kind of movements, right? Yeah, it's like it's not just like fish brain on a drop rail, right? Um and I think this is a, generally a good um, – has been a good thing. But I also – I think sort of the only voice that we hear on the, the like, conservative end of where skating needs to be is like uh, people that are – like fucking Jeff Downis made that post. <laughs> it was like, remember oh, when skating had standards or – what? You know, like, right. which is like such a boring perspective right uh that that it's like if it's not a hammer, it's not a trick. Um, I think finding this balance between like allowing new interesting movements that are a little bit have more depth than like because if you look at our sort of canon of of pedagogical movements, right, like soul, top soul, all of our grinds, you know, excluding things like tabernacle and sort of the weirder grinds even you can even make a case that like many negative grinds are like non canonical. Right. Um, And I just think a lot of that stuff was like, it was kind of made in a rush. You know, if you think about our history, we're sort of like, Hey guys, we've got wheels on our feet. We've got like the baggy pants, like let's kind of get a can of movements, you know? So we look like we're not fucking idiots out here. And I think we did a pretty good job, but I also think that there's like, there's a lot of reasons to consider some other things entering the fray, um, for like myriad reasons. And I don't think it need to be flushed out too much. Like, like to come back to the figure skating example, figure skating is such a, a pedagogical pursuit that it's, it's like to a science, right? You know, you have like right. a rating system to the hundredths. Um, and one of the beautiful things that I think a lot of us appreciate about our sport is that it is informal, like, right? Uh, right. Like I almost think talking about it is is almost too much. Like the, the the appropriate way of demonstrating what skating is is delivering it. Like like Latimer was never like, hey guys, here's the purest <laughs> cabsoyal ever. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you now, and this is the truth. He just fucking did it, and we were all like, "You're the best." (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah. Yeah. Actions. uh, Yeah. Yes. Speak. Um, and I believe that anything can become uh, canonical if it's done correctly. Like if it's Mm -hmm. if it's uh, developed and if it's refined, and then you get enough people learning that same movement and on a refined level and that's when it becomes it has a name and there's like it's been done so much that people can kind of scrutinize the right and the wrong way to do it yeah um there's so many things i think right now uh, we're in this crazy period i think where a lot of those things are being played with and determined like in real time and and Over the next 20, 30 years, I think a lot of the things that people are doing are going to become more, like, labeled and canonical and, like, describable. There's going to be a formal language around it. This is something that I've struggled with in terms of, like, wizard skating, for instance. Yeah. Like, trying to all write ideas but it's, it's so cumbersome to write down wizard skating ideas because a lot of the shit doesn't really have na- a name. So I have to actually right. describe where my right foot is and where my left foot is. Um, but over time, I think language is an important component to like making things more peda. Pedi- I can't even fucking say the word, but whatever the word you said is. Um, having a language associated with where you can have a dialogue with someone about it and you can talk about it in a more refined way. Like when I'm talking to people about wizard skating, I feel like an idiot. Like I feel like I'm kind of bumbling around and there's certain words that describe things like gazelle, like certain right. words have have been developed and that's good. And that's just the beginning of, of that, um, that whole language being created. Totally. So important, but yeah. we are at this, we're in a, in a primitive stage. And I think in, 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 in a way we have to accept that because, I mean, it, we have to start somewhere. We're young, right? Like figure skating, for instance, is decade has decades of history and development and kind of flushing out what's possible and it's very rare that there's new movements kind of innovated in figure skating, right? They're kind yeah. of at that point, like they've figured it out. <laughs> right? It's true. I mean, we haven't just... figured out aggressive inline skating or wizard skating or
1: any of this, you know, something that gave me some perspective on this has been, um, skating with quad skaters over the past year or so. Um, because while quad skating has been around longer than what debatably, this kind of like skating parks with quads on a wider, level seems newer to me, or I can see more of the infancy going on, which has been sort of the, uh, like the devil's advocate situation where I can see them really struggling with their technology in a more primitive way than us. I can see the sort of like, Hey, let's get a candidate of movements so that we, you know, so that like, we're not going to get chased out of the parks. Right. Uh, we look, we know what we're doing so it's it's while I've commonly been in this perspective where i'm like oh we're 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 in a primitive excuse me a primitive state, it seems that in many ways they're in a more primitive state than us um and that's given me some pause to appreciate our sort of like you know what we've done up to this point, oh yeah,
0: um, <laughs> yeah, rollerbladers have put in a lot of work in terms of oh, like developing. True. You know their their trick rep- repertoire and like i think we've done a really good job like yeah if you compare it to to quad skating um there hasn't been that many people over the years really pushing that sport in in on like skate park and things like that yeah right like so yeah it's, i think even though it's the technology has been around for a long longer period of time, like we've yeah. developed rollerblading a lot more than quad skaters have. I hope I'm right about that. I hope I'm not,
1: I think we're both a just little
0: bit less different. educated. Hopefully I'm not just less educated on quad skating because that's true for sure. But
1: yeah, I mean, I would say the same for myself. I'm not like a, a scholar on the sport, but I've done a little bit of research and like, I'm, uh, a big fan of Brian Wainwright, uh, yep. the like crab stance guy. Yeah. Uh, also, like one of the few people that mentioned, like, I remember reading things about him early on doing like training outside of skating for skating, um, yep. which has been another sort of layer that has informed my skating over the past couple of years. Of, like, how to maintain capacity over time. I, I worked at a gym for the past few years with a, okay. I ran a gym with a few people in town. Yeah. So kind of like strength training and like movement perspective has trickled into my perspective on skating. Right. Um, and so having him as like a, you know, somebody as a marker, even when I was like 16 or whatever, like, oh, this guy's like doing yoga, uh you know, to, to maintain his, His skating, especially like in this, his hips are wide open, you know, in this position.
0: It's got to have some mobility.
1: Yeah, not a joke. Yeah. Um, but another thing in the observing quad skating in its sort of infancy state is watching people, um, skate when they don't know what they can't do is a really inspiring thing. Um.
0: Right. Expand on that. I think I know where you're going. Yeah.
1: There's just a, uh, there's a certain repetitive thing that happens, especially when like you skate with a group of people, right? Like, you you know, this situation, you show up at the ledge and you're like, Oh, I haven't skated in a month. I got to make sure like, I don't look like a fucking bozo out here, you know? And so you like, you do your shit and Sometimes sessions turn into those like, Oh, I'm going to demonstrate my trick vocabulary on this thing and then you'll demonstrate your trick vocabulary. Right. I feel less and less interested in that kind of session as I currently skate and watching people go like, Oh, I didn't know I could do a handstand or I didn't know I could do all of the, like all of the toe stop shit that people are doing on quad skates. Very cool. It's very, cool. very cool. I agree. Yeah. Um. So being in that state where you're like, you're. Yeah, it's before you've accepted like what your vocabulary is. You know, it's it's a more like a improvised state, which I think is a more exciting. Like I love being around that vibe rather than like, you do a back and then I'll do a back and then like <laughs> now, now well then we'll know that we're skating because we did our definitely
0: movement. definitely yeah where there's a A more free perspective it's funny because i have been in those sessions where nobody says it but there's i feel like everyone is kind of hypnotized to think that they need to do certain tricks or they need to do a trick on a certain object like if i look back to like uh like skate competitions say at a skate park there always ends up there's this trophy ob- obstacle that's maybe yeah. like the biggest part of the skate park that everyone feels like they need to hit it in order to like have the respect of their peers. So like they have to hit that big like sub box or whatever it is. Um, and yeah. then like, it's funny because yeah, people get hypnotized and then they're not free to think for themselves like what do I actually want to skate? You know, and right. then there's what you're saying. There's those sessions where you just feel really free to like do exactly what you want to do. And you feel like people are going to accept that and be stoked on it. It's a much yeah. healthier
1: kind of approach. I think, and even like the worst example of the skate park or the skate competition trophy <laughs> is the jump out <laughs> of the park, you know, right. And it was jumped out of the park and also a <laughs> big respect to your legendary seven twenty out of the park. Um, <laughs> I do but, really yeah.
0: like jumping out of parks.
1: Sometimes like
0: if there's a nice setup for it. Like I yeah. I, I watched uh Basement's new edit and Mar Marciano, Anthony Marciano does a really nice five forty out of the skate park. And I was That's like really... jealous at how perfect like it looked like such a nice launch and such like a nice like it was like perfect, right? Yeah. And Sometimes those launches out of the park—they're just like begging for it. They're just like, Don't. "Do this. <laughs> you have to do
1: it." <laughs> there's like the the five percent motocross in all of us, right? You know, yeah. Like even as skating develops and there's like footwork, there's still this like, how much of like a metal militia uh, motocross do it am I? Because yeah. he's he's in there a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> he exists. <laughs> um, yeah, the the. Maybe one additional thing I wanted to add on this pedagogical conversation is the notion of like uh, thinking about skating sort of like an economy um, has been a a a a way that's informed my like what movements I'm interested in or what like qualities of skating I think are valuable and um, you know people are like the argument always seems like let people do whatever they want or like if it's not super dangerous it's not a trick where like you can find like i saw this video today on some i think his instagram handle is like ninja korea or like korean ninja and it's some guy on like a pair of bad wreck skates with a brake and he's one of those like parkour guys that like is just like walking on the top of like a high building you know with like a a selfie stick yeah yeah and he jumps from one building to another. He's not a skater, like obviously not a, a skater.
0: And he does it on rollerblades.
1: On rollerblades with a brake on it, and like, like he makes it by like an inch. Like it's Whoa. it's fucking horrible. Whoa. Anyway, I bring this up because like, you can find, you can find people willing to do dangerous things all over the place. Like it's not a rare commodity within. <laughs> or even with our and you can also find lots of this sort of you know general skating but like things that have this, this middle ground qualitative experience where like I don't know it's sort of the wrong word but like when grace is kind of present you know or right. a certain kind of control like you can just see yeah. it that I think pursuing that like that rare middle ground where like it, it need not demand this this danger quotient um i think of like the example i was using was like louis amora top soul at sports and music festival do you remember this movement by any chance i was it uh, where he he did kind of a gap to it yeah yeah
0: like from a bank totally yeah
1: and he slides really far that was like the first time i remember it being widely displayed like oh that was like you didn't have to skate undeniable that was like controlled interesting use of the technology like staying in touch with that component of what we're doing is more important than these uh edges the uh what's the word i'm looking for the imperatives of the conversation being like make it accessible or make it risky you know it's finding that rare commodity in the middle where something like grace or control is demonstrated
0: right I think grace is a good uh, word to describe it.
1: Yeah, it's sort of like a. It's kind of a hard word to. Uh, I think it's sort of like it can be triggering in some ways where people are like, "I'm not trying to be graceful. Like I'm trying <laughs> to be like, you know." It's
0: funny yeah. to think that someone would like take offense to being called like graceful. I know many times in the skate park, people have said to me like people I don't know they've said like like it looks like you're like figure skating and they're not saying it as like a they're not saying it as an insult right they're saying it as like you you have like a crazy amount of control like yeah and I don't take offense to it even though like some people probably would like being called a figure skater
1: right (laughs) I'm like yeah I thank you (laughs) yeah it's uh Interesting aside, I went on a date with a figure skater, like, a year ago, and I was, like, excited to be like, yo, we both, like, skate, you know? She was totally, like, not, did not think rollerblading was remotely interesting. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I just thought, I was like, oh, this will be a great, like, commonality between us. Right. You know? (laughs) But she was just, like, she kept showing me clips on her Instagram and was totally thought... Our skating was like not like it wasn't even real, just trash, total Complete trash. trash. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's really funny. <laughs>
1: um, another thing with the uh, not knowing what you can't do, uh, thing that we were touching on was uh, a bit of an experiment I did earlier this year was uh, microdosing LSD on a fairly regular basis. So for like every three days, I took like a 10th of a hit of acid I guess it would be. Yeah, yeah, less than that. But um, I did a fair bit of skating during that time and that was the best part of it was like I wasn't so. It's it's basically like a sub perceptual dose, so you're not really feeling anything. You just kind of have a little bit of like mm, everything's a little bit glittery, and there's sort of like a wind at your back, you know? Right. So if you understand, if you get my little little energy,
0: energy and yeah,
1: yeah, you're a little bit like this is wiggly, um, yeah. But it was a joy to show up at some kind of session and just feel like. I, uh, for a moment, like, when you're about to do your first trick or just, like, rolling around, there was, like, someone speaking to me that was, like, you could do whatever you want right now. Like, you don't have to do, like, a warm-up back rail or whatever or, like, just, like, remember, you could do, like, nothing is outside of your potential. You could do literally anything right now. Uh, Wow. Yeah. And not it was just a really nice suggestion that is that's such an
0: obvious and powerful thing to think right when you start skating and it's just so true and so basic but so like if you could actually harness that mentality right you know when you're skating you're gonna have a lot of fun
1: totally (laughs) I had sort of the opposite experience recently. I've skated my first like dude cram and no approach downrail and like take a couple steps and skate oh, downrail. Yeah. Um, which was really really fun by the way, something I haven't done in many years. Yeah. But it it reminded me of like so much of my teenage developmental uh experience actually occurred skating down rails. You know, and bear with me for this for a minute, but, like, you show up at the down rail and you're, like, walking up to it and you're, like, oh, this is a sick rail. Cool. You're optimistic. (laughs) And then you, like, put your skates on and you come up to it. Everybody suddenly, like, everybody turns into golfers. You know, they're, like, oh, there's a crack here or this thing sucks or the one on the right's like, a half an inch higher, you know. (laughs) And then my pattern is be scared and then diminish myself you know, like, ceaselessly, like, you suck, nobody likes you, fuck you, you're scared, um, and I started doing that again, and I was like, hold on a second, like, I've gone <laughs> to way too much therapy to, like, unpack <laughs> this process of diminishing myself to do something, and, that's
0: interesting, and I, uh, so you would I diminish just, yourself,
1: yeah, I, I, like, I learned it as a really powerful technique, where, you know, I would just basically be like, fuck you, do it, fuck you, you suck, fuck you, you know. And then you would eventually do the thing that you're afraid of, but by the time you do it, you're like, you feel like such shit. That, you know, (laughs) you you didn't, like, the exchange sucks. Um, And I found myself in my, like, later 20s, like, I would employ this tactic in places where it didn't belong. Because it's like adding, it's like a turbo button to get something done. But like, I would like laying, you wake up in the morning and it's like, get the fuck out of bed. You like piece of shit, you know, and it's like, (laughs) wow, really don't need to be. (laughs) I could do this a little bit more. I could treat myself like someone uh, that I care for rather than be a a bit more
0: gentle with myself. Yeah. But it would work for, yeah, for certain things.
1: It works for a while, but I think it's got, it's not a long-term strategy.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) It is interesting that we have we de- we all deal with these different voices in our head right. like you have the voice that's like you fucking you you pussy just do it just do it and then you have the pussy the pussy is a right. part of you you have right. that person like why are you talking to me like that <laughs> <laughs> i mean you're is right it? but like be be nice about it we're in this together you know right. let's let's do this rail harmonious harmoniously yeah <laughs> but it yeah um skating, I find you, you compete with those voices. Like I compete with the voice that like is really self-deprecating the voice. That's like, you, you suck. Like you're no good. Your style sucks, whatever it is. And then I have the other side of me that's like, no, you're fucking dope. You're really dope. Like, and I'm constantly feeling those, those two sides, Yeah, you know? And like obviously the good sessions are when that the cocky one overrides the the little bitch. That's like, I suck. I'm terrible. (laughs) And then you have those sessions where the little bitch takes over and you're like, I just want to go home. I'm just, (laughs) nothing I I do is good. good. You know,
1: (laughs) I love hearing when people like their own skating, like, or that they have that sort of like, Oh, me too. I know that was sick.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like hearing that people like to watch their own skating. Oh, yeah. And I find that, yeah, there's a there's a quality. I can almost tell, like, that certain people would like watching their own skating. Like, I feel like Sean Kelso, even though he's very self-deprecating, I feel like he does enjoy watching himself. Same with Colin Kelso. mm Maybe I'm wrong, but...
1: I don't think that you're wrong. I just, I want to mention, I think Sean is a really good judge of when when he does something really good. Like, right. <laughs> or occasionally I'll get like a preview clip from him. and yeah. Whereas like, like, look what I did. Whereas like, I occasionally get these nuggets from Sean that are just like, oh, fuck. That was so good. Right. Yeah. So, both I, I sides. appreciate his discerning. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you both sides. It. I guess it is good to be a critic of of your skating. Um but I think people can go too far with it where mm-hmm. with th- there's a certain like you you can't always be the authority on your own skating because Agreed. you kind of have a fucked up perspective of it because like you were there. And you, you did it and you, you knew exactly what was going on in your head. I think it kind of, it can taint your, you're not seeing it from a pure place of just like, oh, here's this guy skating it. Like, you know, so much about it. You're so invested in it that you might pick it apart in ways that other people are not going to. And, um, yeah, I think it's important to be open to like, even though you don't like it, it's still good. And you mm-hmm. should like embrace it and use it, even though it's not perfect. And you do f- hyper focus on this one aspect of it. Like, Oh, it wasn't exactly what I was going for. Cause people yeah. don't know that Th- people don't know what you were trying to do. And they don't see this thing as a mistake. They just see it as like, that's what happened. You know, um, right. that's what he did. So like, it's an important skill to like own, own your shit. Even if there's that feeling like of n- inadequacy or like even if you're not super stoked on it you should you should always own it
1: because other people won't won't notice that well it's like how do you allow for development too i think it's like uh if we were all only able to say things that were perfectly true and without mistake you know we would just end up running these grooves into the ground of like you know Whereas if you're in a a situation where you allow yourself to make a mistake or go outside of your canon of movements or whatever, then suddenly you're, it's like, are you trying to just do things that work or are you trying to like toy with some new ideas that might push you in a new direction? Yes. Um, So like, how do you make the right kind of mistakes? How do you avoid repetitive patterns? Um, Yeah. Take
0: chances and yeah. Be willing to not yeah like if you're too if you're always pursuing that dope feeling that feeling of perfection um you're gonna limit yourself you're not gonna grow in like other areas because to start anything or to try to like pave new ground you have to be clumsy you have to make mistakes it's all a part of of the journey and in skating that's so important to be able Uh to just fuck around and just try shit
1: Especially, I think, for the the experienced skater who's, like, like I'm a good skater. I only do good shit. You right. know, Like, <laughs> I'm, I expect myself to show up and do good shit. High standards. It needs right. to be above knee high. Exactly. At all times. <laughs> like, how do you, in that realm, how do you allow for incremental progress? Um, right. That's, like, another thing, coming back to quad skaters, like, uh, I was skating with my friend Amber a lot earlier this year and she would just like drop into really scary, like steep Northwest style pool bowls and would just like jump over hips and like jump to fakie in ways that absolutely fucking terrified me. She's been skating for like two years and completely ribs, but like I would have to like get in the bowl and just work up like foot by foot, you know, just like humble myself to accept that i was scared of this thing and do it and uh it would it i really appreciated that like it doesn't always have to feel like it's nothing or you're jumping on the drop rail like right. you can you can work at this later where you just expose yourself a little bit more to a little bit to whatever the thing that you're doing figuring out how to just like accept working at this pace where you're you're piling on layer by layer until a thing feels comfortable rather than Definitely. it's all a fuck it moment you know right yeah
0: no 100 percent. as i yeah as i get older i'm all about that i'm all about figuring figuring it out yeah like yeah incremental kind of there's no yeah 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 you don't it was almost like a shame in that i feel like when we were younger mm-hmm. A shame in, like, but, taking your time and doing things in a safe way. It's like, definitely. just don't be a bitch. Just go for it. But right. <laughs> no, it's probably smart to, like, take your time and analyze. Be, like, a kind of a scientist. Like, I've heard, I haven't skated with Alex Brosco, but I've heard people describe him, and he can just, he figures things out. He examines the environment, and he looks at the angles and kind of can roll it and feel it out. And uh being a rolebiter is kind of being a, a a physician in some sense, like not a doctor, yeah. but like a physics yes. kind of Understood. a scientist of sorts. You're you're playing with angles, and you're you're where's the crack? Like, where am I gonna jump? And like, am I gonna jump right where that crack is? Because that might be a problem. Like, kind of you're finding solutions to you're finding the problems that you need to find solutions to. And totally. you become kind of like, the goal is to do it safely, right? You're not trying to, you know, scorpion. You're trying right. to like, <laughs> you want it to work out. So I think yeah. embracing that is a good thing. Embracing the the kind of scientific perspective of skating.
1: Can I, I'd like to piggyback on what you're saying a little bit, which is like this, the physical, the objective physical analysis of what you're doing. Something I think a lot about is like the metaphysical component of like, uh, how to produce meaning out of using these, uh, these elements, right? Like, like how does that crack make the trick meaningful to you? Because that's like, you sort of need to sell, sell the exchange to yourself. Like, you know, I could scorpion on this, but there's. Thing about the way that that crack speaks to that ledge, or whatever you know, whatever the sort of uh, bargain you're making with yourself, that doesn't necessarily have to do with the like, just the pure physical act of it. It's like right. that's another place where I think skating is happening, uh, where it's like, how how are you using this to produce meaning, um, which is you know some somehow distinct from the just like the physical like our collection of like rollerblading yoga poses you know um i think the best skaters are doing that too
0: yeah and i think that's a very personal thing and so like for you personally like do you what kind of meaning do you derive from skating or Mm. like why do you
1: skate (laughs) wow todd we're getting like this huh (laughs) Um, well, one thing is that I think it's a really fascinating, like movement practice, having had, uh, having touched on a range of other movement practices, such as like strength training or yoga, gymnastics, um, rock climbing, dance, like, um, all of them sort of like have some component of it where it's like uh where functional movement happens right where you don't like you don't go outside of what's generally considered um like appropriate alignment of the body and then there are like the, the components of those disciplines where you're going out you know you're like this is the place where we might pay a price right where like you know a dancer does a really risky movement where they're like holding someone up and they're extending the spine or something like that. Uh, or, a you know, a rock climber like makes a big jump for a, like a dino for a hold or something like that. Right. Right. Um, and I start I kept toying with each of the, you know, with the things that interested me outside of skating, but the bargain kept seeming the same, right. Where it's like, what movement patterns are you willing to sort of pay a price for? And at a certain point it, I was, I think I got frustrated with skating in my twenties where I was like, okay, I'm never get like, you know, people are getting, are developing their careers or moving on in their life. And I'm still feeling like obsessed with skating. Uh, and, you know, there was a part of me that was like, okay, we got to jump ship, you know, like let's find another boat here where we can use what we learned from skating. But like, you know something with a like a future in it right
0: right yeah
1: at a certain point I'd be I was like no I'm like I'm a fucking skate rat like this is I just love like if you ask any of my friends I suspect they would describe me as like a fucking skate and so to come back to this notion of it being a fascinating movement practice is like there's so many of these positions that we occupy that like a Royale or a sweat stance or, you know, any of the positions that sort of put us in these compromised non-functional situations, uh, like they can be trained for, you know, you can like, there's a person that I follow is a guy named Ido Portal. Yeah. Like a kind of, you familiar with him? Yeah. One of
0: the amazing. People,
1: yeah. Totally amazing. Uh, there's no such thing as, uh, what is it? There's no such thing as improper alignment. There's like improper, uh, insufficient preparation. Yeah. Uh,
0: so I remember that is... quote from him and that blew my mind Yeah, because from a fitness perspective, like it's all about like form and doing things properly and never right. putting yourself in a compromising position. But it is like an interesting philosophy to think that there is no improper position just yeah. improper training or improper preparation like there's there's positions you're not prepared for but you you can prepare totally. for anything that's like what mobility is right edo portale is like hardcore mo- mobility guy like he can put his body into such strange positions
1: yeah uh, and, yeah totally i did a workshop with him in colorado a couple years did ago did you yeah wow Cool. It was very cool. That's. It was the most physically. It was like three days, of, just like, beat the sh- Like eight hours a day of moving. You know. Yes. Yeah. Brutal, total Israeli style. Like, okay, what we're doing here is like pretty shit, but we'll keep going. <laughs> uh, um. Anyway. Uh. The beginning to think that like i i might not need to feel like skating is something that i just need to let go and it, it might be something that i i need to sort of like integrate into my life for sure you know uh i think many of us have this negotiation right like even like, you, like do you wear when you go skating you probably wear slightly different clothing than you do if you were to go out to dinner or something very like different that. clothing yeah very <laughs> Same. yeah uh and i think all of us have this sort of like where do we keep skating in our life like when do i put on the costume you know (laughs) um it's rollerblading cosplay (laughs) yeah yeah someone that really informed that like uh helped me think about this is a coach that a strength coach that i worked with in portland a guy named scott hagness who's a like i think he's 52 or 53 now and he's a flatland bmx guy um and he fucking rips, like, wow. you know, and he trains all the time. And it's clear that the center of his practice is this flatland BMXing. And, you know, anyone else that I pursued in the sort of fitness world, it was kind of this rigid, like, no, you know, you lift the weights. And if you don't follow the rules here, then, like, it doesn't fit. Yeah. Um, so this idea that, like, you uh, the, the way to maintain a skating practice across time or like a a a moving a functional moving body across time is to do the things that people commonly don't ask of their bodies like right if you don't if you uh, if you don't use it you lose it was, was that the expression yeah yeah I think that's like one of the it's such a uh, it's a trope but that's the way. Skating is maintained across time. As you continue to ask something that seems unreasonable and if you're fortunate enough and you mitigate the risk, then you get some of the benefits.
0: It's true. We're a lot more adaptable than people oh, yeah. remember. Um because it's n it's not easy. It's not an easy path, but the body will respond to things with consistency. Yeah. And with yeah, I've it's so funny because I have gone through the same psychological process as you kind of mm. worrying that there's no future in skating or there, it's not like a, it's not a worthy path. Yeah. Like even in terms of fitness, sometimes I'm like, I would just be better off if I just, you know, <laughs> did hit workouts and yoga and Yay. didn't fuck around <laughs> with skating because I'm just like damaging my body. And there is some of that but you're you're right by by extending your body and by doing some things that maybe you think are st- are stupid and other people think are stupid um demanding that of your body your body's going to respond to it. So I think it's a really inter- it's an important it's an important part of my movement uh practice. The other thing is that like I I do other things. I do yoga and I do, you know, fitness. That stuff is really important to me as I get older to try to be as strong and, and as flexible and it makes skating more fun for me when I when my body feels strong and able to do the things. Um no, no other activity matches skating in terms of its like creativity Mm -hmm. like um like other things feel so rigid to me and i almost like that they're rigid and and safe and i'm gonna get a certain result like like a certain workout like plyometrics or whatever it is i'm doing it in a very I'm trying to control my body and trying to be as safe as possible. And then when I skate, it's my chance to get as wild as as possible and, and creative yep. and combining the physical movement with the creative aspect. It's, it's a very special thing. It's a very unique activity in that sense that you're combining your artistic and your athletic side. There aren't many things like that.
1: No, certainly. And yeah, we're, we've always, we've been sort of alone in our discipline for a while, you know. Like, it, it, we're not getting a lot of like. I think there's something where those two—you're both pursuing something physically and creatively—and you're also like not receiving really any kudos from the outside world, <laughs> and yet you persist forward. Like, right. That's everything. Yeah. You no, know, that's like that's a, a all of us choosing this particular thing and struggling uphill with it. Right. Fuck.
0: <laughs> Technical issues. It's tough, man. You know, it is. It's a hustle. You just got to perseverance.
1: Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were talking about repetitive movements and spec. Oh, specialization. Like right. the, uh, kind of recognizing that as like as skaters i think many of us are like yeah we're uh we're bought in like i'm i'm here to pay the price for right this experience i still think there's a way to like be be a generalist with res- like there's a helpful mechanism of like trying to be a generalist with respect to that you know like that like uh and you can see it in skating now like inviting other I mean that's I think that's the whole process of like fucking with this idea of pedagogy where we're like what are the principal movements that matter in our in our discipline we're like we're going to toy with with the edges of that like Danny's great at that Colin Martin's great at that uh Drew is great at that um and at the same time, you have people like I see Sean Darst as kind of like, like a like a he's a deeply pedagogical skater, and I've never skated right. with him, but just observing what he does, he's like, he plays the classics and he plays the shit out of them, right? Right. He's like, I'm gonna put the fucking classics with like even a straight air. He makes a forward air like, like oh my god, why would anyone do anything else but jump straight? <laughs> um, right.
0: He's I, refining the basics yeah. to like a. high level yes yeah and there is that path i respect that path a lot 100 percent,
1: yeah i love seeing both having both of those going on at the same time though you know like it's you also don't need to get everyone to agree like you don't need all of those people pushing those edges and going like this is all like i like people you know driving their their ship in a particular direction and being like you know kind of stalwart and like fuck this. I don't
0: like this kind of skating. I don't like this kind of skating. Like good. Yeah. Good. Keep going. I like strong opinions and I like people kind of carving out their own meaning and, and what they think is, is the right path. That's a part Mm. of skating is like deciding what your path is. Deciding what you're going to focus on, you know, what tricks you're going to develop, you know? Yeah. And, in some ways, I'm jealous of those people that like the Sean Darsts, that skating is very simple and, and and they kind of it's it's easy to articulate. and It's easy to break down and, and kind of pursue. I find that my my path is very complex, like I'm constantly like my skating is like this never ending puzzle that yes. like I don't even know what the end picture looks like. And I'm I don't even know what the pieces are. I'm trying to like create the pieces and the, uh, like a piece is like a new move that I can try to incorporate into the puzzle. Um, it's very, it's, it's complex. I, I I love it, but I also, it's like pretty overwhelming and it's, it's kind of like stumbling around in the dark. I'm not exactly sure where it's going. I believe in it, but, but it's, it's weird. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, I, but I, everyone I, needs to like follow their, their heart, their like, in their feelings, you know. Right,
1: and I respect that. Yeah, I think that's the opportunity that you know, like skating presents at, at that level, at the meaning level, right, where it's like, that's kind of, uh, asking more of yourself than like, what can I do? Like, what are the collection of tricks I can do on this ledge? Sort of like you know that's a, a a birds eye view perspective of like you know tw- i expect you've been skating 20 years or something at this point or more yeah. so it's hard to avoid that kind of like uh you know observation like what the fuck is going on here
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> why am i so into this yeah yeah
0: but yeah it just is what it is So, what do you think is your, like, future in skating? Like, in terms of yeah. how you experience it?
1: Uh, thanks for asking. Uh, <laughs> it's... I, I say that because so infrequently do people give a shit. Like, that's like a concerned, You know, like, you're interested in... <laughs> You know, anyway, I personally, I don't feel too, I feel content that like, if I show up on my skates, like the right things will happen. I think I need to ignore some of my, like, uh, if anyone has observed my skating in any, on any level, like, I think I need to retire my top porn. I have a great top porn. Some people will disagree with you, including Nemo. <laughs> um, Nemo is uh, critical of the Philadelphia top porn, um, and I think. Are we talking
0: Aliyu? For for, for
1: I, I think really he's critical of almost all Philadelphia top porns, uh, with the exception of Cheshire's. Um, <laughs> and he gave me some like really valuable criticism the other day that I I appreciate. Also living on the west coast like there's a less sort of critical skating culture here than what I grew up in and I really miss that like critical voice you know uh so I think I need to avoid some of my uh classic tricks and just expand my vocabulary a little bit from a, just like a like a technician standpoint um okay and also on, on a uh, – like another layer is like something I've been working on and I have done a little bit of work on is like I, I did a workshop, I guess it was almost a year ago now, that I called Skate Movement, which was basically like I hosted an event at a gym that I – that the gym that I was working at that was basically like producing a kind of experimental series on like how do we – Practice skating when we're not skating. How do we? It, it borders on some like movement prep kind of stuff. That's that's fairly fitnessy. Like how do we generally prepare the body for skating, before or after, or help recovering? But I also want to toy with other ideas that are not, like why a person would go to a physical therapist or something like that. Like how do we toy with, like ex- um, expanding our capacity to improvise you know toying with like kind of creative games um and so i'd like to actually expect myself to produce some content on that um nice. and yeah just like contribute a little bit more um explicitly yeah because i uh you know i talked to like many of my friends in these little group chats um but there's a lot of people that are returning to skating or just starting skating. And I've been sort of like, a um, you know, like as kind of skate scholar and like troll, like I think probably many people know me in skating because I've just been like, uh, making fun of people on the internet for a really long time. (laughs) Yeah shout out jeremy townsend he and i have like a i don't know 17 year beef at this point <laughs> uh, yeah i've just been brutal to him over the years and he's been such a good sport i want to say like jay town like thank you you've been like really cool and i've been just fucking roasting you <laughs>
0: shout out jay town
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah you know you know him. we'll put up his instagram in the show notes <laughs> um, so yeah but I think there I think uh there are things worth saying about the skating that's happened and the skating that like should happen that I For can sure. um that I can articulate so I'd like to expect myself to do so
0: um yeah and and you've you've had a long uh history in skating and you've had an interesting kind of you know, your experience with, with fitness and, and kind of, uh, looking at skating from that perspective um, Mm. is interesting. So yeah, you do offer a lot of valuable kind of thought and commentary and yeah, it'd be interesting to put something together, um, that was kind of structured and kind of offered something like this. Was it like a,
1: uh, like a lecture that you put on?
0: Or...
1: It was kind of like a like a brief talk at the beginning and then there was sort of like a, a physical, you know, we would go through like a series of different um, like drills would kind of be the right. way to, dr- right. drill is sort of uh, an insufficient word but that's kind of the idea it's like an experiential thing. I and mean, was it
0: this, with skates on or off?
1: This one was off but yeah. I I think I think there's room for that. I think it's just like that, I don't know that that's necessary until, you know, in this vision that I have of it until kind of like later on, or in very specific ways. But yeah. yet, when I hosted that uh, workshop, uh, the world was kind of different and, you know, people could gather uh, in physical form. So the idea that I had at that point was to, you know, maybe mirror some events alongside like, Blading Cup or Winter Clash or you know things like this where you could link into it and, and host an event that people would want to attend or get excited about.
0: Yeah, uh, I love that idea of yeah. you know having com- kind of a structured or even attempting to structure kind of like a, a even a warm up. Like what would yeah. a what would a classic skates off maybe skates on warm up look like, and what would a kind of if if you looked at a session as more of a more like training like if you had like kind of a training session what would the classic movements be that you would want to cover in your training and how could you kind of structure it and like even like yeah I like getting that conversation going even if it's Mm -hmm. not perfect right off the bat and other people can comment on it and add their two cents or maybe add movements that they feel are important Or people can customize it, but having kind of a basic structure would be helpful for people. It's just an interesting thing to think about.
1: Well, think, I mean, very fundamentally, like, one of the situations that we're in, like, a skating posture is knee over toe, right? Like, when you begin to enter a position that looks like you're skating, that's when your knee goes either to your toe or beyond. Um, Right. Which, like, in to lots of uh general generalist like physical sensibility we've been told don't bring your knee over your toe right so like from the very beginning we're doing something that you know someone might look at and kind of go like i don't know if that's a good idea yeah yeah
0: so doing it in the like we can do it in the do the incorrect thing in in a good in a more correct way or prepare the body for that totally yeah that's an interesting uh path interesting discussion. I, I, I
1: think it's i think so much of the interesting skating over the past couple of years has come from elder statesmen in the in the scene too yeah so i think the prospect that uh that it's like it's the duty of, of love like you described like this idea that like skating produces this idea that you keep everything else in line so that you can continue to skate. Yeah. Like the onus is on all of the people that are, you know, 35 plus to like keep their shit together so we can continue to see your skating.
0: Yeah. It's
1: like, there's like hidden, there's hidden stuff that we want, you know, when you're like the the price you pay when you're say we're 50 and you've got an idea, but like, you know, you don't want, you can't fall on your wrists, right? Like I experienced right. that a lot lately is like, I real like, I cannot fall on my hands or they're going to hurt for three weeks.
0: Yes. Yeah. So
1: I think there's, there's potential for like, uh, for really special things to come out when the price is, is high, you know, to like get your idea out. That's actually like a furnace for really fascinating skating. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: this was a, I, I really enjoyed talking to you. I'd yeah, I'd be into doing it again, actually, for sure.
1: Yeah, I'd be. Uh, sorry if I rambled. Uh, no, I, that's
0: great. That's what it's. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Is
1: rambling. Um, I sh- I was thrilled to talk to you, and I uh, have been a fan for a long time. Uh, I don't know if you, Selwyn Briggs bought Cirque du Soleil in like two thousand six oh, in wow. Philadelphia. And we yeah. had, like, like a sort of premiere at our house. Yeah. We were, like, just thoroughly enthused by what you guys were doing. Nice. Um, and i love to see that you're still skating and still producing really interesting skating. And and even more than that, like, I just want to commend you guys on, like, uh, I don't want to blow smoke up your ass or anything here, but bear with Keep me. Keep it like, coming. Okay. You, Keep the flattery um, coming. You guys have <laughs> contributed in ways that, like, I, I never would have, I don't think I could have expected at that moment. Um, by opening things up with all the, many of the different kinds of movements that you do, inviting wizard-style skating in, um, I just think you should feel proud. So Awesome, uh, thank you. That's very nice. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, this was a great chat. Um, yeah, really thought-provoking stuff. And, yeah, I'd like to, definitely like to do it again. And sorry, you're in uh, Washington.
1: I'm in Portland, Oregon,
0: Portland. Okay. Cause I know you've, you've skated with Danny and uh, Stu and you're familiar with the Braddy brothers, Leon.
1: Yeah. I think I might go so far as to say I'm a member of express.
0: Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Cool. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) That's exciting. And you should be proud
1: todd i i am <laughs> i fucking love those guys yeah the express dudes are incredible it breaks my heart sincerely breaks my heart to not be able to travel to canada at the moment that's uh it's yeah my favorite place to be
0: cool yeah well maybe uh so when you come up to canada we'll uh meet up go skate that would be great sweet yeah also, if
1: you uh i'm thoroughly ready to sacrifice my american citizenship so if there's any like uh female canadians that might be listening to the podcast that like hey middle-aged jewish guy with like really good eyebrows yeah let's lock this down um and you know maybe i can move up to the great white north ladies yeah (laughs) sorry no that was good (laughs)
0: That was awesome, Ben. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, you've been great. Nice Nice meeting you. You too. (laughs) Peace. Have a good night. You too.